You're listening to Potter Nonsense, a podcast with me and Ray. Welcome to Potter Nonsense. I'm Faye. And I'm Ray. And on this week's uh, episode, we are going to be talking about clothing and fashion in the Harry Potter universe or in the Wizarding world yes, versus indeed. the Muggle world. Yes, and how on earth the fashion sort of side of things even works in the Wizarding world. But um, before we get started, I think that we should probably apologize. Yeah, sorry <laughs> we have taken so long to record again. Um that's our bad. That's my bad more than anything else. I mean, you like we we um, going forward with this show, we will just understand that December is not going to happen. <laughs> not at all. It's not a thing that can happen. December is awful. Yeah, yeah. December December is a hellscape that um, anyone working in retail will understand, especially someone working in retail that is tied to insurance. Yeah, uh, insurance, I specifically work in optics and it is not a good time of year in December because everyone goes, mm, my private health fund, for those of you playing where we you don't have private health insurance or private health insurance seems like a myth, um, it's basically you pay a bunch of money to a company and that company gives you money back in the forms of glasses and dentists and things like that chiropractics, mental health, et cetera. Um, and because I work in optics, everybody's health fund allocation for optics runs out on the 31st of December. And so everybody wants to buy glasses and use the allocation. Otherwise, they they lose the money. Mm-hmm. And so I started a new job. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay! Um, like as a temporary thing, but they I had an interview today, which may make it make it permanent. Um, Yay! Woohoo! Um, and while it's gotten much better as a place now, um, the first day that I was there, a woman burst into tears and resigned. Um. <laughs> So <laughs> that was a great first impression. They also, when I arrived, didn't actually know, like no one knew that to expect me. That's disconcerting. <laughs> so like one manager had organized for a temp and had not notified anyone. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so yeah, that was interesting, but, um, Things seem to be going a lot more smoothly now and everyone's very nice. But it's – it's. It, it, I feel like this week has gone for three years. Oh, my gosh. Especially, yeah, it would feel like that. Especially since it's 40 degrees today for the Americans and their um, fake temperature measurements. That's <laughs> like over 100 degrees. Yeah, I think that ends up being like 105 or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, 105 Fahrenheit. My cat is behind me um, three miles long on the floorboards because that's how cats deal with heat. Uh, It is honestly not that bad in Queensland at the moment. Um, Right now it's only 26 degrees, which is like 78 Fahrenheit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's um, dropping to 26 sorry. and it's going to rain tomorrow, which is good because everything's on fire. Yeah, yeah, the bushfires um, are 
I Queensland is mostly safe right now. There's a few small fires still burning, but it's nothing like the South has gotten. And I am in this weird kind of situation where my country is literally dying and I still have to get up and go to work every day because I got bills to pay. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's, yeah, it's this weird, like I look on Facebook and I see my fellow countrymen on the beach being evacuated by uh, the Navy and yet I am still arguing with a 65-year-old man that, yes, your multifocals are an additional charge and, no, we have never done them for free before. Yeah, that's going to so, be weird. It is, and it's even weirder when you call a store in that area. I had to call a Canberra store mm-hmm. um, and I was like, how are you doing? And she's like, well, uh, we haven't had a customer in a few hours and there are fires to the north, south, east, west, northeast, north, south, east, west, everywhere, everywhere. Circle around me. Uh, we're not sure how long we're going to be able to stay open. Right. Yep. Yeah. And it was terrifying talking yeah. to this poor girl. Yeah, that's, 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 that's really scary. Like we, it's affected my work because I'm now working in age and disability care. Um, I don't physically do the thing I just tell people where to go and make sure that everything's running smoothly um Mm -hmm. so there have been times where I've had to call someone I was like so your worker uh has been evacuated because of a fire um Mm -hmm. we are finding you someone else because they can't make it and yeah so we've got both clients and workers who've whose homes have been destroyed and it's just this weird situation where like I'm in an air-conditioned skyscraper. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. It's also really tough reading emails like, oh, we lost two more stores down in New South Wales today. Uh, We are setting up a charity within the company to help pay for the staff and uh, figure out how they're going to survive. Um. Yeah. So any anything you can give to charities, please research the charity before you give to them mm. uh, to help our country would be greatly appreciated and, by not just us but everybody who lives here. Yeah. And, like, we know that, like, I mean, of course everyone, all of the other countries have their own problems going on right now. Obviously, like, England doesn't know what's happening <laughs> at this point oh with, Bre- with Brexit and their toddler of a prime minister um we also have a toddler of a prime minister so no shade to be perfectly honest um i mean to be fair ours is more like the second coming of satan uh than an actual toddler an actual toddler would probably have more empathy than our prime minister probably yes um he came i think he was in kangaroo island today or yesterday or something i'm not sure anyway he um said how lucky it was that nobody had died yeah, two people died. Yeah, two people died in um, Kangaroo Island. It was it was very mm-hmm. very unfortunate. They were like mm-hmm. they were evacuating people and they died. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. then he tried to cover with oh, but no firefighters died, which that doesn't uh, help, mate. At all doesn't make it any better. Anyway, so Britain's got Brexit. America's got. A possible a war. war. I mean, like, let's be honest. It's World War Three has been running for thirty years. Um, yeah, it really we just has. Don't it's call it. War. Yeah, we just don't call it World War Three because America's doing it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, every, yeah. every all actions in the Middle East have been World War Three, and history will probably recognize that. But right now, we're not. <laughs> yep, it's a. Uh, it's uh, the world is on. F- well, I want to say the world is on fire. Australia's on fire. The world is on metaphorical fire, mm. uh, and we right now just need escapism. And I think that's why things like fantasy and sci-fi. Uh, are so popular. Yeah, yeah, and that's why today we are going to be talking about the various styles of the Wizarding World. Mm, yes. So, to uh, jump right into it, uh, the WizardingWorld.com, which was originally published on Pottermore, uh, states that the Wizarding, the Wizards at large in the Muggle community, may reveal themselves to each other by wearing colors of purple and green, often in combination. So, yeah, it's not really a uh, official code so to speak yeah. but it's uh and there is no obligation to conform to it but it is a, a way for wizards to spot other wizards in the mag- in the wi- muggle community yeah dress dress like a comic book bad guy yeah right um <laughs> also goes on to say that the international statute of secrecy uh has clear guidelines for how to dress when in public when mingling with muggles wizards and witches will adopt an entirely muggle standard of dress which will conform as closely as possible to the fashion of the day clothing must be appropriate to the climate the geo- geographical region and the occasion nothing salt or Oh my God, Blech. nothing self-altering or adjusting is to be worn in front of muggles. Okay. Well, that actually reveals a lot about wizard fashion. Like mm. just by. It really, really does. Yeah. It, which is very efficient, really. So um, like the self-altering thing definitely would dig that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, so would I, hey. Like the amount of times that I've put on an outfit and been like, eh, it's so for reference, guys, my uh I'm very tall. She is a and tall. my legs I, I'm a tall boy. I'm a t- well, I'm a tall girl, but B O I, you know, memes and such haha yes. <laughs> hip generation. Um <laughs> my, my legs uh if you take my relative height and made it into a percentage based on torso to leg ratio my legs are 60 to 40 so 60 percent of my body is leg uh because my torso is very very short so I it also, makes dresses. I also live the short torso life not quite to, yeah. not quite to the extreme that Ray does but like I do have a very short torso it just makes things difficult, like sh- uh, like dresses that have little peephole, cute things under the bust, and like dresses in general tend to uh, not work. Mm. Uh, so, a self-altering item of clothing would be magical, no pun intended. Like <laughs> <laughs> belly laugh, ha ha ha. Um, but it would seriously be like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I have the issue where. Um... I can never wear jumpsuits and I'm sure that you also have this issue. Yeah, too much up the top and not enough in the crotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah I, I've uh... always had the issue of um, I have very large breasts. <laughs> like there's no way, two ways about it. I had to have breast reduction when I was 15 years old. It was a whole thing. Um, so I, and they grew back is also the thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's that's the other thing. Boobs grow. Yeah, if uh, you get a breast reduction when you're 15, you're not done yet. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So a lot of the time, something will be something that would fit me fine, um, but it becomes a few inches shorter in the case of a dress, just because a lot of the um, top half of it is being filled up with boob. <laughs> mm, hmm Yeah, it just kind of pulls everything up at the front. Yes, it does. Yeah, mm-hmm. And there's been, um, there's been plenty of things that, like, is meant to ha- – there's meant to be, like, this is the zone where your breasts fit into this shirt. And it's like, no, no, it's not. It, it about touches the nipples where is meant to be the underbust. So. <laughs> oh dear yeah yeah so lots of the time it's just like mm, this isn't going to work at all so yeah, yeah. and um, see self-altering clothing could be so magical for you yeah. based on the fact that the underbust bit could actually be under your bust right I could wear something fitted that's act- that actually fits <laughs> right yeah so self-altering clothing would be so good but mm. it also explains why uh wizards when they go into the muggle world end up looking like they dress themselves in the dark by they were dressed in the dark by a geriatric old lady <laughs> they were dressed in the dark possibly in someone else's wardrobe <laughs> yeah and they were like oh this material feels nice oh it's a dress no it's a muumu <laughs> <laughs> what what was the name of that guy is it um Sturgis Podmore <laughs> Yeah, I think it was because he was like, I like the breeze on my nether region. <laughs> yes, I I, lo- I I, enjoy a healthy breeze around my privates. And it's like, I guess that he's the guy that flew powders to work. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, the, fun- yeah, the funniest so- thing about Sturgis Podmore is that he's also described as very hot. Yeah, so you could just imagine someone like, I'm just trying to think, Chris Evans wearing a muumuu and just very loudly proclaiming that why shouldn't I, why should I put pants on? I like the breeze on my nether region. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Evans is the one to go to because he's described as having like a square jaw and blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, he's the quintessential hot American male. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like quintessentially hot American. I guess if we're, I guess if we're making it English, we're looking at like a um, a Bradley James. Yeah, a Bradley James with the big jaw and the nice eyes and the blonde hair and the tremendous <laughs> shoulders. Oh, those shoulders! The shoulder to waist ratio of a Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can hold up a Dorito. And their shoulders go down to their waist exactly like the Dorito does. You got yourself a fine specimen of man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, older witches and wizards often have a lot harder trouble with keeping in terms of what is modern to muggle wear. And that's probably because they don't have a lot to do with them. Children tend to interact freely. Uh, I guess you could say, like, you, you often see, like, Lily and Severus, for example, even though pst, I hate bringing up him. Mm. But, like, uh, my, uh, wizarding children tend to interact with muggle children a lot easier than adults do. 
Yeah, I guess it's in that same sort of vein as like you don't need to have common ground with each other when you're a child, you just get to play. Yeah, it is. Um, so obviously like if you're a kid hanging out with other mother kids, you're going to know what jeans and a t-shirt are and you're going to know what, you know, uh, overalls are and, you know, mm. Wellington boots, things like that. But as an adult, I guess, as you go, you know, to Hogwarts where majority of your year, you're surrounded by wizards, uh, you're not really going to keep up to date with fashion standards, particularly when you've got to wear robes as a uniform. And now this is where the movies kind of forget about the wizarding wear mm, because they, a lot of the movies, yeah. Well, they started <clears throat> off with like you've got the robes but there's a kind of traditional school uniform underneath the robes. Yeah. Um, which like was uh, like I quite enjoyed that as a look because it like felt very um, familiar to me. And mm. someone who attended a Catholic school, like, okay, we've got jumpers and kilts, let's go. <laughs> instead, instead of a blazer, you've got flowing robes. That's that that works for me. I know. How much cooler would that have been? Like my um, when I went to midnight screenings of Harry Potter in my homemade wizard robes, I like a good chunk of the costume was like the accessories of my school uniform. <laughs> Right. I know, right. I wore like every, I think every midnight screening that I went to, I wore my actual school uniform underneath the robes. So I didn't go all the way there, but like I had, um, where else am I going to get knee high gray socks, for example? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, I like got a plain black skirt and shirt, but like (laughs) knee, knee high gray socks, school shoes. It's a look. Yeah, but I mean, even in the Fantastic Beasts franchise, the very few things I have seen about it, mm-hmm. because let's not forget, I hate the franchise. Um, uh, I've seen the first movie. They still wore a little bit more eccentric muggle fashion. Yes, and I've got to say that um, so the Fantastic Beasts movies pops up in the critically acclaimed lists on streaming services. And it's mm. not because of the filmmaking. It's because they keep winning awards for fashion design. Yeah, the costume, and costuming. The costuming is magnificent in those movies. Yeah, it is. But it's also very traditional, like, 1920s style, but just in slightly obscure colours. Yeah, like that, more, bigger colours, bigger, like, bigger lapels, um, more, yeah. like, bigger flounces. It's just... Like 1930s fashion turned up to 11. Yeah, like Newt Scamander's coat probably would have been something you would have found in the 1930s and 40s. It just would not have been in that teal colour. Yes, yes, exactly. Because that teal colour with the mustard underneath would not have existed. Mm. If, um, if even for no other reason that that is an expensive um, colour to be wearing. Like mm, a lot, yeah. a lot of um, '30s fashion has muted colours because they they're cheap to dye at that colour, and that colour will survive fading much better yeah. than that teal. Yeah, exactly. And like in Captain America, 
when Peggy comes out in that red dress. That red dress would have been so expensive. Oh, that would have cost her a fortune. <laughs> like it, I mean, even her blue suit would have cost her a fortune. I don't know where this bitch is getting her money from, but <laughs> in the 40s and 50s, a blue suit like that would have been expensive. That red dress would have been expensive. Howard Stark is funding her wardrobe, clearly. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I imagine that she gets a wardrobe stipend, stipend from the SSR. I think so. Like, she's got to make them look good. Yeah, yeah. She's got to she's got to look look the part of all of that. Um, it's also you know, there's always the aspect of spy wo- spy work um, in fiction that is like you got to look real good. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Hello, alias. Uh uh uh. Jennifer Garner, my girl. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. But so I really do like how the movies made the distinction of muggle versus wizarding wear, particularly in the Fantastic Beach franchise Mm. of, okay, we can't dress them really stupidly. So let's dress them normal, but as you said, dial it up to 11. Yes. Um, Um, So, yeah, I, I do find the concept of the Weasley jumper in context of, how fashion works in the wizarding world to be fascinating because that's Molly being like, my kids really enjoy muggle clothing. I'm going to learn how to make a muggle garment. Which is why they probably always looked lumpy. Yes. I mean, (laughs) she could also just be bad at that spell. (laughs) Well, there's that too. I, hold on. I thought I read somewhere that she didn't use a spell. Oh, okay. She like, actually made it by hand to put more love into it or something I can't remember I could have read that in fan fiction don't quote Mm. me on that I'm just I'm honestly I'm just thinking of the bit where we first see the burrow in um chamber of secrets (sighs) the movie and she's got her um yeah yeah that's true that may have been it because honestly she would have had to finish one she would have had to finish all of them and then start again for the next year (laughs) As someone who crochets, you're definitely like you finish one project, you pick up another. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just in my head though, when I was a kid reading the books, I don't, I don't think I ever cottoned on to the fact that the Wizarding World had a different dress sense. I think it was mentioned a few times, and I was like, oh, okay, they wear robes, but they wear jeans underneath, mm. or oh, okay, they they're going to, you know. Uh, the Yule Ball, uh, they wear robes over the top, but they wear a dress underneath. And then there was Hermione's periwinkle blue dress in the books slash magenta pink dress in the movies. Well, it was specifically dress robes in the book. They just put the girl yeah, in frocks see? or hideous yes. saris um, in the movie. But oh, yeah, like let's not talk about poor the poor Patel sisters. Imagine being like being Indian and being presented with those costumes. <laughs> yeah. I think they probably just glossed over it to be like, oh, my God, it's so shiny Harry Potter because that's what I would have done mm. to make it better. Um, saying that, I have seen a cosplayer do the exact outfit a little bit more traditionally but same color scheme and she looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, I do. The color scheme doesn't bother me. It's just the – it's very basic. It's not like – it's not an Indian fabric. No, it's not at all. <laughs> like at all. And like my, uh, my sister has a bunch of saris that she 
um, inherited from her mother-in-law. So, like, I've I've seen good saris up close. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just, yeah, I've never really made the distinction that they wear robes and then nothing underneath them. Yeah, the only time, like, there are the occasional nods to it, the nothing underneath them, like the fact that um, when the spell that Snape invented is used against him. Um, yes. Yes. So These robes. As, as one of the many um, previews that we get to the episode where we just hate on Snape, um, oh man, when Snape wait. invented the curse that fl- that flips you upside down and dangles you in the air, he did that in the knowledge that people don't wear things underneath their robes. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, yeah. This is like so. Everyone goes on about the like James James Potter sexually assaulted Snape when he did this spell, but like as if Snape didn't invent this for sexual assault in the first place. <laughs> Uh, he totally did because who was he going to use that on? Yeah. Lily. Yeah. We know he was going to use it on Lily to cop a look. Mm. And, like, I'm just thinking the fact that they went to school in the 1970s. Like, <laughs> there were people Boy. who definitely just weren't wearing knickers at all. No, of course. Of course there wasn't. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it just... He, oh man, I can't, I've got nothing to say because it will ruin that episode. Yeah, yeah, we, we will um, leave. Can we make episode 20 the Snape episode? Well, this is episode 19, so maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 things I hate about you, it's double the 10 things I hate about you. <laughs> and it could be a double episode depending on how long we go on. Oh, mate, I've, I will have all night. Yeah, yeah. We will make plans with Alice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, so we – back to it. So there is the – we do get the nods with the – there. We do get nods to people not wearing anything under the ropes. We get the Lever Corpus incident. We get Sturgis Podmore and the healthy breeze that he likes around his privates. Um, there's definitely a sense that – People aren't wearing clothing underneath the robes. It's just that when it comes to making things look cool mm-hmm. <laughs> in a visual medium, um, not ideal. And then there's also like it's not – it's clearly not that everyone wears things like that because like even the Minister of Magic himself is described as wearing a pinstriped suit and cloak combination with a green bowler hat yeah I love the green bowler hat touch I know I know we I it's tragic that we didn't get to see that in the movies um (laughs) but yeah I think that the big thing with um that that must mean that he's taking the like public entrance to the um, ministry so like this is what he wears as his oh yes I'm walking about in the muggle world and blending in very well thank you very much <laughs> yeah that makes total sense like you're not blending in my dude with a green polar hat though let's just <laughs> let's just put that out there right now yeah yeah <laughs> 
And I think that like other ministry members are referenced as wearing bowler hats as well. It's just that he's got the lime green one because he's special. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of wizards don't know how to dress for muggles, but they try anyway. And you know what? That makes it funnier. That makes it better. Although the amount of people I know that have the most eccentric dress senses and I just think you are definitely a wizard and you've never told me. (laughs) Um, I think that I think that I've forgotten what I was planning to say just then. Um, (laughs) Oh, man, I do that all the time. I think that we did discuss on this show um, like the idea that maybe they get taught in muggle studies like how to dress to their particular era and then they just don't update it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so, yeah, they, they are given a rundown on contemporary fashion um, of the day of the day that they are going in high, going about in high school. And then it comes to like 30 years later and they want to go to the Wizarding World Cup and then it's like, oh, Carpenter jeans? Carpenter jeans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, carpenter jeans are kind of cool though. They are coming back. They are. I mean, 30, a- 30 years was a bad um, example because fashion seems to have a cycle of about 30 years. It does. It really does. 20 to 30 years, yeah. I think, is the thing. Yeah, at this point because like – you know, once once we stopped wearing steel bone corsets and stuff like that, um, it started being like, well, we can't – we're having trouble coming up with something new, so how about we go back to this? Yeah. It's like mum always said that every piece of – every fashion that she ever had will come back one day, and then it did when I was a teenager, and now everything that I wore or wanted to wear in the 90s has come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm really liking the resurgence of um, 90s fashion. Yes. But I also hate that it's come back and I'm 30 this year. <laughs> <laughs> that is the rub. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the painful part. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I remember when tattoo bands came back and I was like, wow, okay, it's happening. <laughs> Yeah, I, look, I loved those stupid chokers. Uh huh. But I'm not game enough to wear them now. I only wear them to conventions. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, wizards don't have great fashion sense. Mm. Let's be honest. Um, I I was going somewhere with that, but I can't remember where I was going. Yeah, and I do wonder what the cycle of fashion is like in the Wizarding World. I don't think – see, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I don't think it changes too much. I think there are just different variations of the same theme. Mm, Like we do understand that there has to be some level of change because we have the debacle of Ron's dress robes. Oh, my God, yes. So we do understand that – uh, the lacy look <laughs> has gone out of style <laughs> and um, Harry has some much nicer streamlined 
uh, robes that he can put on for for this event, and he, like Ron is just devastated that he's wearing what really looks kind of like an assortment of doilies stitched together. Look, I would have thought an assortment of doilies for a wizard never went out of fashion. <laughs> you would think so, but apparently, I, I mean, I guess that um, the wizarding youth being so exposed to muggle fashion have some ideas of masculinity perhaps. Yeah, actually that that's true. Mm. That is very true. Like, as we have discussed, um... Ron Weasley would be a grunge grunge boy <laughs> if if he would be if given um, the opportunity to really play up the '90s aspect of the Harry Potter series. He he would be among the grungiest. Yeah, like not showering for days at a time. Grungiest. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that there has been some interest of us, like returning to the well of um what sense of style we think various characters would have mm. so so that that we we could we could go back to that right now actually because <laughs> yeah we, did, we could we did talk about grunge ron what did we decide for Ginny? uh see in my head Ginny's always been really interested in fashion so she i think she'd be like high fashion preppy Okay, because she's... Which is, and I think that's because I got really, really sick of people being like, oh, she's such a tomboy, she has to dress like a tomboy. And I really just wanted Ginny Weasley getting on a broomstick in, like, designer jeans and, like, kitten heels and being like, fuck you guys, I'm still going to beat you all. See, I, I like that idea. I also just kind of dig, especially with her... Um various like the fact that she definitely needs a whole lot of therapy that nobody is interested in giving her because we just don't do that in this world um therapy doesn't exist therapy doesn't exist so goth Ginny look goth Ginny would be cool too look I'm here for like Ginny one day dressing up as like the preppiest Elle Woods you've ever seen (laughs) and then the next day rocking the fucking plaid and flanny and just being like what and, I don't care. And then just switching on everyone and pulling out, like, top looks from the craft. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really here for Ginny Weasley just, like, having a wardrobe that's, like, three rooms wide and just being like, mm, what do I feel like wearing today? Ooh, let's go with uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider shorts and a singlet. <laughs> I mean, we've also got to take into account that she has no money. So I feel like Jenny would find ways to get cool clothes. Yeah. Well, it could be that, okay, so you know how there's the Simpsons episode where Marge gets the Chanel um, skirt suit and then starts altering yes. it for yes. <laughs> things that cannot be made out of that skirt suit. Mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But anyway, um so I'm sure that a witch as skilled as young Ginny Weasley, she could probably transfigure her clothes. Oh, absolutely. According, absolutely according to her would. various moods. So, like, she's got some basics and she just 
updates them <laughs> as, yeah. as upon her whims. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what happens. She's like, mm, I want this skirt to be yellow checkers today and I want this top to be a blazer. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're into the clueless side of things. <laughs> Yes, and I'm really glad you got that. <laughs> of course, I love Jane Austen. Of course, I get that. <laughs> oh, the have you seen the trailer for the new Emma? I have not. No. Um, I'm going to cut this because I'm going to send it to you so you can enjoy that trailer. Three minutes later. <laughs> They're like the one finger push to open that window. Yeah, yeah it's so bitchy. And like Miranda Hart as Mrs. Bates, as Miss Bates is absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah, it is. The ridiculousness of, because Emma is in, in its nature, a completely ridiculous story. And that's why it lends itself so well to 90s teenage girls. Yes, absolutely. And just doing that in the, um, like putting it in the original era, but keeping that level of farce is absolutely perfect. <laughs> I I'm really excited to see that because mm. I absolutely love that. Um, I love Emma. I studied it at university. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I did a whole Jane Austen course, so Emma was one of the books that we had to do. Of course. It was, it was, uh, it was one of my favorites. I think, um, what is it? The Beatrice and Benedict. Oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, much to do about nothing. Yeah, much to do about nothing. Much to do about nothing is one of my favorites. And I think my favorite modern adaptation of anything Shakespeare has to be 10 things I hate about you. Of course. Um, but. I, you would have, you would have seen the. And this is definitely Harry Potter related because half of the cast of Harry Potter is in this movie. Um, the Kenneth Brenner, Emma Thompson. I absolutely have. Yeah. Um, much to do about nothing, which is a I absolutely have. Because it's, it is my, it's my favorite. It's my go-to movie when I feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. For those not in the know, um, one, find yourself that movie and watch it because it's beautiful. Two, um, Denzel Washington plays the prince and Keanu Reeves plays his brother. Um, And he is fairly frequently in that movie over the course of that movie oiled up in leather pants. So if that's, if that's for you, you will also get to watch Gilderoy Lockhart fight a lawn chair. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) And it's, oh, it's also Kate Beckinsale. Like a really young Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. And um, what's his name? The buddy dude from House who was in. Uh, Hugh Laurie? No, don't. No. Hugh Laurie. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. uh, Wilson. Yeah. I can't remember the actor's name. (laughs) I can't remember the actor's name, but he is very, very cool. Yeah. And he is also a baby in that movie. (laughs) Oh, he's such a baby face. Mm. And. uh, da, 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 da. What's his name? I think you just said it. You probably just said no, it. No, I didn't. Yago. I, I, I mean, I'm, I have a computer on my lap. I could Google that. I could Google it too. Keanu, Keanu Reeves is in it. Yes, I, I, I was talking about Keanu Reeves, um, oiled up and wearing leather pants. But I will reiterate yes. that. Yes, um, Yago. 
So good. He's not Iago. Iago's in a completely different play. Fuck, what's his character's name? Um, oh, that's right. Iago's in Othello. Yes, Iago's in um. Othello. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember his character's name. But, yes, please go watch it. It's one of my favorites and it's magical. It's amazing. And it's not just magical because it has fucking half the cast of Harry Potter in it. It It's just a brilliantly done rendition of Much Ado About Nothing. I forgot that Michael Keaton is in that movie. <laughs> yes, he is. Robert he Sean really Leonard good- is the name of the guy from House. Thank you. I don't think I've ever known that name. Yeah. I just know him as Wilson from House. Yeah. And yes, Keanu Reeves is Don John and Denzel Washington is Don Pedro. <laughs> yes. Um, I can see their faces, but I can't actually remember their names. I'm really bad with names, though. <laughs> but yeah, I think this was back when um, Kenneth Brenner and Emma Thompson were still together. Yes, which is probably why they bounce off each other so well. Yeah, either either they were together at that point or that movie got them together. Something like that. I really hope it's either or because uh, they are my favourite Beatrice and Benedict and they will always be my favourite Beatrice and Benedict. Yes, and then um, he cheated on her with Bellatrix Lestrange, which is a whole other thing. That's, yeah, that's, uh, I mean... Bad move, my dude, but also power move. Bella tricks Lestrange. Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> Jesus. I forgot her name. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter's romantic life is truly fascinating, to be perfectly honest. Isn't it? Because then she, cause then she got it? with Tim Burton and they lived in that duplex. Like, um, I know her last name is Horn. Goldie? Yeah, Goldie Horn and what's his name? Oh, um. Guy that my dad looked like when he was younger. Um, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. I was going to say, is it Kurt Russell? Are you thinking of Kurt yes, Russell? Yes, I was, looking, I was thinking of Kurt Russell. Okay. I've, have I sent you the picture, like one of the pictures of my dad looking like astonishingly like Kurt Russell? <laughs> you absolutely have not. And. You need to. Yeah, I'm like, texting that to you right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, hold on. Here's a hot take because I just scrolled across it on my uh, Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Fashion in the wizarding world, does it extend to tattoos? Interesting. I, I, and, I really want it to be that tattoos move. Yeah, right. Tattoos and piercings. So like tongue ring that you wear to ward off minor hexes and jinxes. Love it. Um, a tattoo of a tree where the leaves change depending on the season. So, like, during the winter months, you'll just have this skeletal tree and then in spring it sprouts, like, beautiful green leaves and flowers and then in autumn they all fall down. Not only do I love it, but I want it. <laughs> right. Me too. Me too. A pair of matching tattoos of a piece of parchment that can be written on to send messages to each other. All right. Check your phone. Okay, hold on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you sure your dad isn't related to Kurt Russell? Who knows at Look at your face. <laughs> You're so cute. Yeah. You're so cute. Um, Look at that, like, big grin. But honestly, oh, my God, your dad has dimples for days, my dude. Yeah, yeah, he does. I got one of them. 
I've only got one too. And also just in the background of that picture is like the yellow van that my dad had for for years and years and years until it died. And like it's a very 90s photo. Yeah, it is. Um <laughs> every car in that photo is very 90s. It is. Every car is like a cardboard box. <laughs> it's amazing. Um yeah, that that picture was taken in probably I'm going to say it was 96. Maybe 90, maybe 95. I was, I, love I was, it. I, yeah, I was probably three. It was ninety five. That's amazing. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like if any, I, I might even put this picture in the show notes just because if any car is gonna like would be really good to like put an enchantment on, um, I think that that yellow van. <laughs> yes, I love it. Let's go to Hogwarts in a in a yellow van, yeah. a mustard yellow van. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But back to the tattoos in the Wizarding World, like you could have a little dragon that flies around your wrist or like a tattoo that is a dagger, but you can like pull it off your skin to become a real dagger. I love all of this. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like a tattoo on someone's wrist that warms up and changes color when they need to take medication. That's so good. I love it all. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um. I would, yeah, I would say that as magic evolves and as people evolve, uh, much like tattoos, um, I think wizarding kids would start to be like, hey, I want this on my skin and I want it to move. Let's make that happen. I'm picturing now like a family tree tattoo, like (gasps) that will like, and like if you've got like a family member who's pregnant, you get a little like bud that comes off of their little branch. And then and then like the baby is born and it like blooms a little bit. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. I love it so much. Oh yes. so good. <laughs> right? I want that. Absolutely. And there's so many things that you could come up like. Like if you, you could have a tattoo on a cat of a cat that just like roams around your body, and it's like, can I see your tattoo? It's like, uh, he's kind of asleep on my butt right now, but like maybe later. I, that that one's very um, uh, what's the what's the guy's name in Moana? Oh, Maui. Yeah, yeah, that's Maui's Maui's little Maui tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm just like things that would be really useful for wizards, like you have the um like a map of the visible stars um on like your thigh or something so you can check it. <laughs> and like it'll change as the sky changes above you. Oh, I love that. So even if you're it's like daytime, you can still like sort sort out what's going on. <laughs> yes. I do I do really like that. Um, yeah, so I think eventually fashion in the wizarding world would evolve to be a little bit more along the lines of modern, um, Hmm. as you know, you get more and more muggle-borns, they're going to want to keep in contact with their world. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, honestly, 11-year-old me lived in jeans. (laughs) 
Like 11 year old me lived in jeans. There is no way that you could have sent me to a school without a pair of jeans. Yeah. Yeah. I think as uh, more and more muggle-borns start to come into the wizarding world, the more and more, you know, things would change. Yeah. And I think that like the status quo of muggle-borns doing their best to assimilate would definitely reduce as the as the muggle world becomes more interesting because like if we're looking at the 90s like there's not as much going on to really get kids excited um no exactly and connect them to the world around them whereas like kids like kids today are very aware of things going on they're they're politically minded much earlier just based on the fact that they have access to everything yeah exactly so rather than Um, being like oh i i really want to fit in with this frankly very regressive world that i've been brought into it would be more like um no fuck your system fuck you uh, we're going to, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to figure out how to get Wi-Fi in this bitch. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. Is there anything else we can think about? I'm sure there's going to be something real big that we then remember. <laughs> um, I know. And I'm trying to think about it. It's like, I don't think so. Hey, mm. there's nothing else. Like I'm googling like fashion in the Harry Potter world, and all I'm getting is like movie stuff. Like it's been a while since I've really done any drawing, but I used to love like designing clothes and stuff like that. I think I picked that up from my mum, who was going to be a fashion designer. Um, oh, that's cool. Yes, unfortunately, she had a brain abscess and was paralyzed down her right side when she was 18. So she couldn't draw. Oh, holy shit. Um, like she recovered really, really well, but like she kind of missed the boat. Oh no, mm. that sucks. I would really lo- love it for her to um, set herself up as a, like in some kind of style guru capacity on the internet. Because, like, the reason she's so good in retail is because she knows how to dress people. Like, she knows how to make everyone's body look good. Yeah. See, that's the hardest part. I didn't, I mean, I deal with fashion every day, but it's glasses. And glasses is something that I wear, so I know how to style glasses. Mm. Clothes? No idea. Yeah. I would suffer so horribly. Like, she she got all of the good sales, um, especially when she was working in menswear, because she was good at, like, being like, okay, um, the size that you've given me is the size that you were when you first started buying your own pants. So that's that we're going to figure out what your actual size is. <laughs> that is apparently how guys, <laughs> guys work with um, is. clothing. It's like their moms buy them clothes and then they find out when they first buy their own clothes, what size they are. And then they assume that's still their size. <laughs> 30 years later it's true that's why a lot of men just either wear baggy or too quite too tight clothes yeah yeah they don't um think hmm, 
this has changed a little bit. I'm going to see what fits me better. So my mum would be able to be like, okay, let's get you some good basics and all of that. And she'd like to send these guys out of the store with like two new outfits and some shoes. Uh, That's so good. And like she'd be doing formal wear sometimes and like apparently there's also this thing that blokes do. Like This is a reason that like men would love the fashion of the wizarding world because it's so roomy, I think, Mm. Um, because like, Guys trying on suits who aren't used to wearing suits will, like, come out of the dressing room swinging their arms, like, uh, I don't know, it's a bit tight, and it's, like, it's meant to be like that. But, yeah, they just, like, swing their elbows around, like, <laughs> like they need to be able to, like, you know, throw a ball in this. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. And it's just, it's just, you know, because men always dress for comfort, and it's, like, Unfortunately, your suit jacket is not for comfort. <laughs> this is the one time in your yes. life where you, um, you know, get to be as uncomfortable as women are in clothing. Yeah, this is the one time that you get to suffer. <laughs> Whereas I think that dress robes would probably still be quite flowy for the dudes. I think so, absolutely. <laughs> lots, lots of room, nice and, nice and breezy. <laughs> now I'm jealous yes. of wizards. Because all of their stuff would be so comfy. Yeah, I know, right? They would just be wearing like really breezy robes and stuff. And I love that. Honestly, the crossover between like 60s hippie styles and the wizarding world was probably not that not that big. <laughs> like like no. the, the the margin of difference was not that large. <laughs> no, God no, not at all. Absolutely not not that large at all. But I just, um, I think it's very impractical, like that they don't have, I guess, what you would coin normal fashion. And I mean, that is like modern fashion, both for all all cultures. Mm. I just think robes are very, as comfortable as they are, yes. impractical. I mean, we know that there are like Quidditch robes and there's got to be something underneath those. There has to be. Could you imagine sitting with a broom between your legs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, in that sort of, like, Quidditch always already seems like it would really be difficult for men to play. <laughs> like, they, they they figured a way around that with the design for the broomsticks in the movies when they were, yeah. like, um, they've got those sort of stirrupy sort of things that you can sit, so you're not like sitting directly on the broomstick. You're like crouching over it. Yeah. But at the same time, like at some point, you're going to probably want to sit. And at that point, you have a piece of wood pressed up against your testicles. <laughs> yeah. That's not what you are pressed up against them at all. No. No, that would be very, very uncomfortable for all involved, um, especially if we're talking about robes as we understand them to be worn with nothing underneath them. So, like, if you've got – if you're flying over a crowd, <laughs> if, if, you're hit, if you're hit by a brisk wind. <laughs> <laughs> Why can I see the Weasley twins just, like, flying over the crowd being like, hello? <laughs> oh, the Weasley twins 100% do not wear underwear ever. <laughs> no, never. 
Imagine. There's probably a fic. There is definitely a fic out there. I watched half of a 20 to 1 episode with Dad tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and they were t- talking about um, how Nick Kyrgios got fired from Bonds. <laughs> and it was because, like, on, on I think it was, like, um, what's the Channel 7 breakfast show? Sunrise? Yeah, no. on sun, yeah, Sunrise. It was Sunrise, yeah. yeah. On Sunrise, um, they were like, so are those are those the, um, is that the underwear that you wear on the um, court? And he just is like, I don't wear underwear on the court. And as the Bond <laughs> spokesperson, like, personally, I think that it's a very inappropriate question for anyone to be asked on TV. Even if, yes, the, even if they are an underwear model, what underwear yes. they wear in like whatever situation, that's a very inappropriate question. But as the yes, Bond spokesmodel, spokes you're meant to say, yes, I wear Bond's underwear when I play tennis. Someone definitely wasn't thinking and it was him. <laughs> Nick Curios not really known for thinking. No, he's really not. <laughs> he's known for hitting a tennis ball and screaming. Yes, he is because he is one of those annoying tennis players. It's like, ugh, ugh. And then something goes mildly not in his favour and then he starts swearing at the umpire. It's true. It's true. But, oh, my God, I didn't actually realise he got fired from Bonds for not saying that he wears Bonds underwear. Well, it was also for saying that he, like, goes commando on national television. I think that was, like, an image issue for them. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) I didn't even think of that, hey. <laughs> but, like, it is your job as as the spokesmodel to be like, yes, I wear bonds all of the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, at least I, at least she didn't, like, plug, like, a different brand, I guess. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> you definitely had one, one singular job and you fucked it up. <laughs> and now i can't stop laughing at the fact that he had one job and he fucked it up and all he had to say was i wear bonds underwear yeah yeah that's all he had to say (laughs) i think i think i think with that 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 can be the end of the episode to be honest because i don't think we're recovering from this yeah, please, for the love of God, make the title of this episode. You had one job, and that was to say you wear Bond's underwear. <laughs> I don't know if there's a character limit on the titles, but we'll find out. <laughs> We're about to find out. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at raven.com, and I also run the Bronze Pig Media Twitter at Bronze Pig Media, which now has our very, very cute logo on it. I do love the logo. We all voted on the logo and the logo is amazing. Yes, yes. We've got, I actually borrowed um, one of the alternate logos that um, the Honourable Mrs. Bishan did, um, did make because it just works best at, better as an icon. Um, but uh-huh. yeah, we have, so we have, but then the header has the like official logo. It's a great logo. Yes. A little, a little, a little bronze piggy. <laughs> it's a little bronze piggy and it's amazing. 
Um, but I am at Ray as a writer. I never use it. So don't at me because I, chances are I'll see it in six months and have no idea what you're talking about. Um, you can also find us on the Facebook page, which I don't actually know how to get to, but I'm sure Fee will put it in the um, show notes. Yes. <laughs> um, and if you want to talk to us on there, you are more than welcome. I was thinking of setting up a Discord server if anyone was interested, but you will literally need to at me if you want that because I'm not going to do it if I don't think anyone's interested. Yeah, um, definitely Discord could be interesting. I don't know if um, that that could be something that um, we look at doing a, a bronze pig one and have channels for each pod or something like that or if we do individual things. Um, yeah, I mean we could just do a bronze pig media Discord server mm. and then just have different rooms for the different – things i don't know you guys let me know what you guys think and want me to do and i will just go from there yes and now we would love to do a q a episode um yeah so, absolutely. so if you guys have any questions that you want to send in um i think the best way to do it would be to send them to bronzepeakmedia at gmail.com that way i don't lose them on twitter <laughs> um because yes. that can that can sometimes be a bit unreliable <laughs> Um, I have also, uh, in the gap between episodes, my Disney podcast, Damsels in Disney with Alice, has gone live. Um, we've got an intro episode and our Snow White episode, and the week that this episode comes out, we will also be releasing our Pinocchio episode. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's a fortnightly show. Ah, oh, Pinocchio, I really want to listen to that just to hear your take on the whole drug scene. <laughs> uh, we have we it it was a good it was a good discussion to be honest. Oh, uh, there's 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 a Pinocchio is a lot, you guys. Pinocchio is a lot, and if you're not kind of paying attention, it just goes straight over your head. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is definitely a spoon for the heating of heroin in the foreground of one of the shots and it's just it's just very blatantly there. There is, yeah, there's a lot of drug paraphernalia and references, but if you're not looking for them, they're very, very well hidden. Yes. Um, but you will definitely see them once it's pointed out to you. Mm-hmm. So, on that note, go and listen to Damsels in Disney. Um, I am probably going to go and listen to it while I get ready for bed. And um, we will see you next time, which hopefully the 20th episode, fingers crossed, will be the one where we slam Snape. Again, uh, just going to let you know, you're not going to like it if you like Snape. Yeah. Therefore, don't listen to it. <laughs> or listen to it, but don't at me because I don't check my Twitter. Yeah, if you love Snape and you listen to it, um, do so in the knowledge that we're not going to pay attention to you when you tell us, if you tell us that we're, like, wrong about something because, frankly, even if we are a bit fact incorrect on some of the facts, um, the overarching fact that he sucks continues. Oh, no, I will be 100% with my facts. This is the one show that I am legitimately going to, like, research the absolute ever-loving fuck out of it because I don't want anyone to at me to tell me I'm wrong because I won't be wrong. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to say goodbye yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will we will talk to you next time. Mischief managed. Mischief managed. Toodles. Bye. Potter Nonsense is a production of Bronze Pig Media and is recorded in Queensland and South Australia. If you liked the show, please rate, review and subscribe so that others can find us. You can contact us on Twitter at Bronze Pig Media or by email at bronzepigmedia at gmail.com. Man is great innocence. <laughs> innocence. 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 Innocence, no. <laughs> This is beautiful already. Bronze Pig Media. Oink! <laughs>